We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back packers fans to the pack a day podcast it is nearly the weekend it is the thursday edition of the pack a day podcast i am one of your hosts jason perone of the pack a day podcast Game on Wisconsin and the Quick Slants podcast, along with Mark Eckel of Packer Report and Paul Brettel of Dairyland Express, Cheesehead TV, and the Packers Unrestricted YouTube show slash podcast. Someday, Paul, I will smoothly introduce that portion of your work. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Let's jump right in as we always do. It's always the weather. We go as far east as we possibly can. I guess that would be me, but just a real quick hello around the horn. Mark, how are we looking over there? How are you doing? We're looking. It's wonderful weather here. Uh, Mark has come in like a lamb in, in Myrtle Beach. Uh, 70 degrees, sunny. Um, couldn't ask for much better. Ooh, sunny and sunny and warm. All right. Well, our friend Alex in Poland sent us some weather, which is very, very much appreciated. There's just a little bit going on in his side of the world, so very much appreciate him listening and sending and engaging with us. Sunny and around 40 degrees Fahrenheit for the Poland region there. And I'm not sure what the average temperature is, but it's above freezing. So I would assume that's at least somewhat of a win there. And then we come stateside. Mark already gave his East Coast report. So then we go to the Dairyland State of Wisconsin and Paul Brettel. How are we looking in Wisconsin? Well, like Mark Eckel, it's beautiful here. We are experiencing first spring. It's been between 40 and 45 degrees. Sun's out. Uh, no, seriously, it's been awesome. Now, of course, it's going to go back into the 20s at some point. And then it'll probably get to like the 50s and then probably back into the 30s again. And then probably we'll still probably got three, four, five inches of snow coming. That's why I referenced it as first spring. But first spring right now is beautiful. I love the use of first spring. That is called self-awareness in the location that you live in there. So here in Phoenix, same thing. Sunny, beautiful. We almost got up to 90. Oh, Jesus. 87 today, 87 tomorrow. But when we, we drop down to 70 and we are, we're back into the 60s over the weekend and then it starts to warm up again, the sun is out, can't complain. The only thing I'm complaining about is that there's no baseball to watch in this beautiful weather. But that's a whole different podcast and a totally different show. <laughs> 
So we will skip right over that. And then our friend in Kamloops, Canada, Harry, as always, Wednesday night into Thursday may have some snow changing to rain. But starting Thursday, it looks like a lot of sun in the forecast. High of 46, low of 30. Looks to be the trend for a week or so. So, you know, a little bit of a up and down all over the place, right? So there's your weather forecast. And as far as the Green Bay Packers go, I think we were all hoping for maybe a little bit of a news cycle. Didn't get what we wanted there. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through the Packers offense and we're going to talk about each position group and talk about our level of concern, I guess. Am I saying that right, guys? We're going to rate our... Absolutely. Level of concern on a scale well, of one to ten. Yeah, what they need. And what they need and level if, of concern. If it's a need or if it's a position, they can just say we're good. Right. So a ten means you feel good about it. A one means you do not feel good about it, to be very clear as far as what the scale looks like. Okay. So, I don't know, gentlemen, should we start with the quarterback group or should we save sure. that one for later? Dive in. Give the people what they want. Quarterback it is. Okay, so quarterback, level of concern and and needs, and obviously there's a lot of contingency in this position, so a group, so I think it's going to be a relatively quick conversation, although I don't know. I'll I'll save mine for the end, and Mark, we'll start with you. The quarterback position for the Green Bay Packers, obviously we need to know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do, and then all the chips will fall in place. Correct, Uh, and I'm I'm going to – base it off that Aaron Rodgers is a Green Bay Packer in 2022. Yes. And then um, I'm going to call this a 10. 10 meaning I'm not concerned at all, right? Right. Yeah, 10. I you know, I, I actually have a story up on Packer Report with this, not quite what we're doing, but where I list the, the needs on offense. And I, I say there's probably 30 teams in the league that wish they, they, they had the pack, that, that they had a two-time – that the two-time reigning MVP, four-time overall MVP at quarterback with a bright young prospect behind Because mm-hmm. I think Jordan Love is still, I mean, you know, people people crack me up. You know, I mean, hey, by the way, you we, we rushed on Jordan Love last week. Then I wrote that story the next day, and it went crazy. Because I, I talked to a member. I said I was going to talk to somebody about Jordan Love, and I did. Mm-hmm. He praised Jordan Love, and Packer fans went berserk. Um but, I mean, you know, look up anybody's – Jordan Love has played a game and a half of real NFL football. Mm-hmm. A game and a half. Look up anybody's first game and a half. I I, do, I, I might do that someday. Look up everybody – you know, his game and a half is a lot better than probably a lot of stars in the league. The first so, time Aaron Rodgers played in a game was against the Baltimore Ravens, and he was Awful, putrid, yeah, fumbled, exactly. fumbled once. He got into the game against the Patriots in 06, got quickly got hurt, and his season ended. I mean, you're right, Mark. Brett Favre's first first game came in Atlanta where he completed a pass to himself. To himself. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, yeah. I'm, Jordan Love is still a good, young prospect. So if you have Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love as your quarterback, and then Paul's brother-in-law as your, as your third guy. Yeah, they they're sitting pretty. Yeah, they're they're the envy of the they're the envy of the league of quarterback. Yeah, they they it's not a bad place to be too, and and I would say Kurt Bankert equally as valuable on social media and coming to the aid of his teammates too, right? <laughs> he's something. Yeah. He really he's very entertaining, but that's you know again another good another good personality in Green Bay with the Packers. Paul, how do you see? Are you in in lockstep there with Mark? How do you see the quarterback position? Yeah, absolutely, no concern. I think Rodgers is going to be back, and then as Mark laid out, you have a talented young quarterback behind him Uh, of course we don't know how he's going to turn out but the 
talent there, the the items that you look for in boxes you want to check are there with Jordan Love. It's just all about putting it together at this point. Brian Gutekind's even said this week a big thing for him is going to be reps. So I have no concern about the quarterback position whatsoever. And just to dabble in the other side of this, let's say Aaron Rodgers retired. You know, my in in doing this exercise in thinking about what level of concern do these positions need to have in terms of being addressed this season, quarterback still wouldn't be that high for me. Reason being because we know Jordan Love would be the quarterback in 2022. That doesn't mean things would, you know, we don't know how things would turn out in that regard, but in terms of going into free agency, going into the draft, quarterback would not be a high priority. Now they'd probably go out and sign a veteran to have a backup on the roster through training camp in preseason potentially, although watch out for Kurt Benkert. But still, the in terms of having to go out and find a quarterback this season, this offseason, um, it's certainly not on my radar at all and a very low concern with Rodgers coming back. And like I said, even if Love was had to be that guy, he's going to get the opportunity to start. That's the one other – going off on a little tangent here, but in so many of these trades that we've seen for, you know, where they're sending away Rodgers and Green Bay is getting back like – Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater. It's like, no, they have Jordan Love. They have not gone through all of this to not start Jordan Love if that's what ended up happening. Well, and come on. If you're going to send a quarterback to Green Bay, send a quarterback to Green Bay. Drew Locke is not that. So that's not that's not what you want. The only thing I would say here, and I think it's this is just kind of, you know, being a little cheeky, I guess you could say, but the only thing I would say here is Aaron Rodgers, I think, is back to I'm I'm in agreement there. But I, I'll just say my concern level is is I, I for my I feel like it's 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 a 10. I feel 10 good about the, the quarterback position. But if Aaron Rodgers is back and Brian Gutekunst is just blowing smoke and he is getting any any interest in love. I guess I don't I don't know. I mean, there has to at some point there would have to be some sort of an offer that I don't necessarily know that a team would make where the Packers have to consider maybe moving him, but then, you know, you're, you're really starting over when you've got a talent here that you like and that you could potentially plug in and, and try to replace Aaron Rodgers with and start with now. So outside of that, no concerns. I think the quarterback position is in pretty good shape. So let's stay in the backfield in the offense and talk about the running backs, uh, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon. We saw a little bit of Patrick Taylor last season, Kylan Hill ended up getting hurt in the Arizona game. He was not able to come back. This is also a position the Packers like to try to stock up at a little bit. And and you've got the special teams factor here, too. So, Paul, we'll start with you on the running back position. How are you feeling about that one? Uh, Very good. You know, things as we just talked about with quarterback, things have seemed to have stabilized based on, you know, the news and the tea leaves that are out there. But coming into the offseason, maybe not necessarily feeling as confident as we are now in what Rodgers was going to do. I wrote about this on Monday. Running back is the most stable position. You know, we're talking about potential cuts that could be made, uh, free agents, draft, all that stuff. Running back was the most stable. You have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, perhaps the best running back duo in football. Behind them, you have Patrick Taylor, who I know we've talked about on here. And I've been a big fan of his since he came out of Memphis, just because he's such a good fit for Lafleur's offense. And we got to see a little bit of that uh, against Detroit in Week 18. I think he averaged around five yards per carry also can hold his own as a pass blocker, as a pass catcher as well. And then Kylan Hill, uh, unfortunately, suffered that injury. But during the preseason, we saw some of that you know, explosiveness, that playmaking ability that he has. Also gives Green Bay an option on kick returns as well. So 
they're going to add to this position. They only have four guys on the roster at the moment, so they're going to add to it just because we don't know when Hill's going to be fully rel- fully healthy and back. Uh, and also you likely need more than four running backs just to get through training camp in the preseason. So they'll add to it. But again, my concern for the running back position is a 10, none at all. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm – and I'll, again, I'll, I'll bring up the caboose here at the end, but they didn't just restructure part of Aaron Jones's contract to move on from him or cut him. So if there's any thoughts or talk about that, it's it's not likely to happen. And as far as Taylor goes, need a little bit more sample size on him. And then there's, you know, again, there's that special teams factor. Can he can he help there? And does he take a jump between having finally getting in on the field in 2021 and then into 2022? Mark, how do you see the running back position? Yeah, everything Paul said, I I agree with. Um, yeah, I think they're not, if they're not the best duo, if Jones and Dylan aren't the best, they're right. I said, and I wrote it, I said, you, you might get an argument from people in Cleveland, maybe Dallas, um, but it's just, I mean, you could argue it. I mean, they're, but Dylan's only getting better and better, too. I mean, you know, um, Jones is Jones. He's, he's great. Dylan is becoming great. So that's, I mean, that's a that's a heck of a one too. And then the third back, yeah, I like I like both of those guys that that Paul mentioned. I like Taylor. I like um, Hill. We don't know again that how soon it's going to take him to come back. They will add people, like Paul said, but they're not going to add them. They're going to add a bunch of undrafted free agents. But they're going to add, or you know, um, didn't they have a guy on the practice squad last year too? Late in the year, I'm not sure. Yeah, it, they, they it, did. It I think they cycled it. Yeah. I mean, it'll be guys that'll. You know, playing preseason, and maybe maybe one of them lights it up in preseason. They could trade him for a sixth round pick or something. Who knows? Um, but yeah, running back um, that might be even more. It's probably it's more proven than quarterback because we all hope Love's going to. You know, I'm calling him a good young prospect. There's no prospect with at running back. They're two great running backs. Yeah, this position's in really good shape, and we saw with AJ Dillon playing as well as he did, what was the great, what was the nice trickle down with Aaron Jones that his body didn't take as much wear and tear and he was healthy and available and didn't miss the kind of time that he has in the past few seasons. And maybe that was just coincidence, but I think there's something to be said about, as I say, I feel like a broken record, right number of snaps and for the right, for the right players. And then good things happen. And you also have to trust the, the offensive mind that's running the offense here and that they'll use the skill set well, and hopefully the quarterback, assuming it's Aaron Rodgers, continues to have faith in those checkdowns and has more confidence in dumping it off if he needs to. Because now, instead of just picking up one or two yards as a as a throwaway, I'll call it play, instead of getting the ball downfield, either one of these two guys has a chance to take it to the house with their running ability and their, their playmaking ability. So I'm a 10 on the running back position as well. So then... If we move just directly in front of the backfield here, let's talk some offensive line before we go to tight end and wide receiver. So we're going to split the offensive line up between the interior and the tackle. So we'll start interior offensive line, the center and the guards. Josh Myers, rookie center, didn't didn't play as much because of some injuries that he suffered. Lucas Patrick stepped in, was a stable backup there and a presence on the interior. They gave uh, a two young guards a chance to become the future of this offensive line. John Runyon Jr., who seems to have cemented himself as as a, a nice part of the interior offensive line. And Royce Newman, who did okay as a rookie and has some room to grow in year two, as well as the rest of the interior offensive line. So, 
Mark, we'll start with you on this one and the interior. These are the the guys up front. I know this show in particular, for some reason, we do do a good job. I feel like we like talking about the offensive line instead of all of the sexy skill positions. So how are you feeling about the interior? I love it. Um, I'm not going to give it a 10, but I'm going to give it a a strong 8. Um, I, it might have been a 10 if, if Myers hadn't gotten hurt. Because um, I thought he was playing very well prior to his injury. Uh, but anybody, I mean, he should be healthy this year. Uh, I love Runyon. And Newman, Newman takes a lot of heat from fans that don't know better. Um, he got better and better. I mean, I love when, I, when a rookie gets better as the year mm-hmm. goes on. And he got better mm-hmm. and better. Yep. Uh, he was playing better at the end of the year than he was at the beginning of the year, which is a great sign for a rookie. Uh, a lot of rookies hit hit a wall, and then they go down. You know, they 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 splash early, and then they get that. You know, they hit that rookie wall that they called, or or uh, defenses look. You know, have more to watch on them now, and then they find flaws in their game. Well, no, this kid got better and better, and the coaches seem to really like him more and more as well. So. Those three in the middle, and they're young. I mean, they're they're good and they're young. And we're not mentioning mentioned Elton Jenkins, who who knows where. I mean, he's going to he's going to miss some time, obviously, with the ACL. We don't know. Hopefully, he'll be back sooner than back to Ari, who actually never, really never came back. Um, but I think he'll be back. He 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 suffered the injury a little sooner in the season than than back to Ari did. So, um, I mean, yeah, they're they're good there and. They also, I mean, Patrick probably won't be back. I we we already we did that show a couple of weeks ago. Um, I don't. I think he'll get a chance to start somewhere and and make some money and and why not let him? He he, he earned it. But they have a guy that Paul probably knows better than than I, um, Cole Van Lannen, mm-hmm. who they kept him all, all last year on on the practice squad, and they like. He, I know he played tackle at Wisconsin, but the Packers seem to like him. As they do with a lot of guys that they drafted, they draft tackles and, and make them guards. And I think I think he's going to be a fine backup. You know, make the roster. Be he might not may not even dress on game day sometime. And he, he might be one of the guys that they put down. But they have that. I think they're fine. Bottom line, I'm not worried about the about the interior offensive line. The offense. This is an area where Gutekunst and his staff have done a, a good job of stocking the cupboard. As they say, Elton Jenkins is going to be an interesting conversation, A, because we don't know when he's going to come back, if he's going to come back this season. And I, I'm not saying that to be negative, but we saw what happened with David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins got hurt just a bit prior to, to Bakhtiari. So he's not going to start the season healthy. It doesn't seem like he's going to need more time to recover. And then the, the, the big debate, does he go back to guard? Is he going to be a tackle? We don't know. Or center. Or center. And the young... Well, and with Josh Myers, I mean, I don't, I don't know what you do yeah. with Josh Myers. That is a second nah, round pick. I was, I was, I was kidding. I was going to say, if he's a pure center, then I, if the Packers know something we don't about him moving to guard. But listen, put your best five out there. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of it. Paul, your thoughts on the interior offensive line and the, the depth? The thoughts about the depth and Van Lannan and I guess Jake Hansen can get thrown in there at this point since he is under contract. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, I mean, I agree with pretty much everything Mark said. And I agree, I was going to uh, give them an 8 as well. I have very little concern about this position. If their starters come week 1 or... Runyon, Myers, and Newman. I'll feel good about that trio, especially. Um, I know Myers was injured, but he was promising. But just all the experience that those guys, particularly Runyon and Newman, gained last year. And as Mark pointed out, they both really, really progressed as the season went on, which is always good to see. And then if you add Alton Jenkins back into the mix, you know, potentially Green Bay is then faced with a decision if he's going to stick to the interior. Uh, you know, sending uh, Runyon or Newman to the sidelines. And in terms of your depth. That's a good problem to have. Uh, Cole Van Landen, next step for him is going to be making that 53-man roster. And one of the one of the big areas of improvement for him was just that functional football strength and adding muscle on. So I think, you know, having that year, kind of a redshirt year, quote unquote, on the practice squad would be good for him as well. But the trenches you can always address. I'm never going to get upset with Green Bay adding to the offensive line or the defensive line. The game's changed a lot over the years, but ultimately that's where still games are still won and lost. So if they address this need in the draft, which Brian Gutekind certainly has the last couple of years, I have no issue with it. But how it's currently constructed, and again, under the assumption that Patrick is going to sign elsewhere, uh, I feel I feel really good about that group. Yeah, I'd give it an eight for myself here, too. And I think having the hope that a second-year player who has a lot of upside is starting for you and you're not going to lose a lot of the offense or the ability to run the offense, protect the quarterback, all that other kind of stuff too, is a good place to be. I think that that's a testament to Brian Gutekunst. And, and I guess part of my rating is is projecting ahead to what I think the Packers will do to address the offensive line. I know that's not part of the discussion. It wasn't, I'm kind of cheating a little bit because that wasn't part of what we're doing here. But I just I feel like this is an area where we, we're never wishing that the Packers had more talent. And then Elton Jenkins, if he's able to come back, at some point this season, then that only that only fortifies what we assume is going to be the inside of the offensive line. But injuries can change that very quickly, and he may end up kicking outside to to tackle. But I think we all feel really good about the interior and then perfect transition there to the tackle group. And now we move to the outside. And this one might be a little bit of a different discussion because David Bakhtiari struggled to get on the field. His conditioning and his his knee just was not up to snuff in getting him ready to play at the end of the season. He wasn't able to play in the playoffs after spending a little bit of time out there in the Week 18 game against the Lions, which was the only action that he saw all season long. So didn't have your all-pro left tackle out there. Packers still had a pretty good season. Josh Nyman filled in 
nicely at left tackle against some pretty good competition. I look, I look back to that game against the 49ers. It was really his first time playing extended in the pros, and all he had to do was kind of block this guy named Bosa, and I thought he did pretty well in that game. Packers opted for a different lineup in the playoffs. There was some gnashing of teeth over that and whether or not that might have impacted the outcome of the game. Special teams pretty much makes that whole conversation moot, I think. But, Paul, we'll start with you on the tackle group here. As far as the outside goes, the Packers have to decide what they're going to do if they're going to do anything with with Dennis Kelly. And is he going to come back or is he going to retire again? you got Billy Turner and his contract. There's a lot of moving parts here. Yeah, this is a difficult one for me, especially since a few weeks ago when we did the cutter keep, I had them moving on from Billy Turner. And in that instance, obviously that definitely changes the outlook of the position greatly. But, you know, having time to the last couple of weeks to reflect and just think over things more, I tend to lean more towards the side now that Turner is going to be back, especially since it just looks like Green Bay is, and just their overall roster construction is doing a lot of work similarly to what they did a year ago to try to keep as many of these guys together for another run here in 22, especially with Rodgers back. So with that said, I'll put offensive tackle in the six-ish range, six-seven range, uh, just because, I, like I said, I still have that little bit of uncertainty. But in going with what I who I think is going to be on the roster, Bakhtiari should be the week one starter at left tackle, uh, Billy Turner at right tackle, and then behind them, you have Yash Nyman. Uh, whether they're, he's going to take some snaps or has been taking snaps in practice or tr- upcoming training camp preseason at right tackle just to give him that flexibility to be their swing tackle. And then hopefully at some point we get Elton Jenkins back who can, whether he's you know designated for the inside or they need him as the emergency guy on the outside. I mean, if you have those four and they're healthy – I mean, that's that's a tremendous group of guys that you have at one of the most important positions in the game. And one other thing I'll add, just to put a bow on the offensive line in general, in terms of the confidence, since that's what we're rating here, um, part of that confidence should be Brian Gutekinds and this and this organization's ability to find offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if let's say Billy Turner's a cap casualty and they decide to move Yash over, they've shown that they can go, whether it's free agency or the draft, find guys to provide that extra depth. So whether it's the interior or the tackle position, this organization has shown that they're very, very good at that and developing them too. Yeah. And that's why I think I'm, I'm probably going to end up around the same spot that you're in Paul, because they just have a a really good track record up front. I think the David Bakhtiari question mark, I'd like to think with another full off season that he'll be ready to go at the beginning of this year. And unfortunately you just chalk 2021 up to a lost season for him because of how late the year prior his injury was. Mark, the offensive tackle position, are you as bullish on that as you were the interior? Oh, even more so. More, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it a higher grade. Um, Backyard will be fine. I mean, yeah, he missed last year, but all reports are that he's, I mean, listen, I'm not a doctor, and we, I can't look into the future to see his health, but Mark only plays one on TV. Yes. Uh, and I said it a holiday. Uh, but no, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to assume that David Bakhtiari is back to where, to what he was prior to his injury. One of the best left tackles in football. I do think Billy Turner comes back for at least another year. Um, we went over that a couple weeks ago. Like, like Paul said, I, I was keeping him then. Um, now Jenkins hadn't gotten hurt. And then we got maybe, Mm-hmm. Maybe Turner would, but because he did, because um, let's be honest, Jenkins is a Jenkins' future 
with the Green Bay Packers. Not twenty, not not necessarily twenty twenty two future, but twenty three, twenty four, twenty five. He's going to be a tackle. Yep. Just that, look at that, the way they draft. Yeah, they they haven't drafted a tackle, but they they keep adding guards. They, and yep. they have some good young ones: Newman, Runyon, maybe Van Lannen. Um, so yeah, so Jenkins is going to be a tackle. Neiman's a tackle, and uh, yeah, I disagree with you a little bit there, Jason. Yeah, special teams was why the Packers lost. Had the offensive line played better in that game, I, I think they would have scored more than ten points. Uh, and I, no one, I to this, unless I missed it, I don't think I missed it because I, I looked for it time and time again. Why did did anyone ask why they played Kelly at right tackle and Turner at left tackle instead of Turner at right tackle and Neiman at left tackle? Because, I've never seen a concrete answer maybe, to that, Paul. Have you? Mm-mm. I mean, the easy answer if if someone asked it would have probably been, "Well, we wanted more experience." Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't know. I. Listen, I like Dennis Kelly. I, I knew him when he was in Philly. Nice guy, works hard. You know, not a terrible player by any means, but Jason, you've said it from the go. I mean, Yash's first game was against San Francisco, and he played pretty darn well. Just stick I, with what I, was I working, right? Play. What's that? Just stick with what was working is my team. Yeah, why would you mess with him? I don't, I, I, of all the things that happened in that game, that to me, that ranked right up there with it. Like, And Turner is much better on the right side. Turner For is sure. one of the is one of the best right tackles in football at this point. He's really improved his game from when the Packers got him till now. He's I'm not saying the best. He's not the best, but he's in the top echelon of of, of right tackles. Left tackle, he's just a, he's okay. He, that's not what he does. You know, it's a different position. Um, so yeah, that bothered me. But anyway, getting back to no tackle, and I see this is why I, this is what I want to talk about. I see a lot of, and I don't look at mock drafts because I not this time of year. It's way too soon. Um, but I hear people talking about, oh, this tackle from so and so, this tackle. No, absolutely. I don't want to tackle anywhere near. The, I don't want to even think about a tackle till day three. They have other needs much more pressing than 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 tackle. To waste a high pick on a on a tackle when you have Bakhtiari, Turner, Jenkins, and 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 Neiman. No, no, I don't want to tackle. And one one thing to add to that, uh, in terms of because we talk, you know, Billy Turner moving from right tackle to left tackle, or just move Yash from left tackle to right tackle, like you said, Mark, that's a that's a different position. And there was this quote from Billy Turner, I believe it was during the 2020 season. He equated moving from right tackle to left tackle, or vice versa, like uh, going to the bathroom. Um, you know, the, the act that you do while you're in the bathroom with your main hand, he said, it's like that switch is like doing it with the other hand. So just to put it into perspective a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I guess real quickly, Mark, just a little off topic ish, but as a beat writer, isn't that a question you would ask? Doesn't it it almost seem like the, I mean, what's going on with, with the Packers media that they didn't ask that? They, they, we still don't know what happened to Kingsley Kiki either, but okay, just digging in. I'm there. just saying, I, I don't want, I don't want to come down on the guys that cover. I, I did it for a long time, and I, you know, people probably didn't like some of the things I did, but I would have asked that question. That would have been, would have, wouldn't have been the first question, obviously, but it would have been, it would have been asked. I would have asked Matt Lafleur what, made, you know, what made you put Kelly in at right tackle and move Turner to left tackle instead of playing Yash, right? And, I, and again, I probably know what his answer is going to be, but I still need him to say it. I need him to tell me I wanted Kelly's experience. 
Right. So then you know for sure what the thinking was. Yeah. So as far as and again, I'm borrowing against the future and the track record with Brian Gutekunst here. So I'm I'll put myself at a six, but it's only because of, uh, I want to physically see David Bakhtiari out there and performing well. And I know it's I know Mark, you feel good about it, and I, well, should, I might be assuming too much. But I, I do too. I feel good about. I mean, the, the guy had. It's not going to be a work ethic problem. I mean, he's working his tail off to get back, and there's there's no shortage of effort and desire for him to be out there playing. So I'm not questioning that at all. But it's just more me not it's more medical and me just not knowing enough about it and and seeing what he went through already and all the fluid he had to get drained and that things can get can get set back and nothing's ever guaranteed there so but offensive line wise I think we we feel pretty confident as far as how things are looking and and good setup for the future so then if we move just outside of the offensive line we've got the tight end group this is an interesting position because there's you have Robert Tunyon, who was hurt late in the season, and, and they have to figure out what they're going to do with him. He was looking to probably get himself a nice payday after what was hopefully going to be a second solid season in a row. It was going to be tough to follow up 2020. He wasn't off to the same start in 2021, but the injury to Arizona derailed everything and, and the ACL injury that he's now recovering from. So he's likely not going to start the season ready to go as he recovers from that. You've got Dominique Daphne, who's a young player playing tight end, probably spending more time playing on special teams. Josiah DeGuara in year two after suffering the uh, the injury that he did in his first season, uh, coming back and had some struggles. Mercedes Lewis is only getting older. He's a year older. He's been a, a really solid player for the Packers and what they've asked him to do. But again, another year older. So this just seems like a position group that, and, and Tyler Davis, I don't want to leave Tyler Davis out there, made a big play in, in Baltimore, didn't make the catch for Jordan Love in what would have been a really nice touch touchdown pass against the Lions in the last week of the season. So, Mark, we'll start with you on this one. The tight end position. This, to me, seems like a, a, a group that we'll probably maybe discuss more at, in depth than any other. Yeah, I mean, by far, to me, by far, the biggest need on offense, by far. Not even, not even well, if Adams leaves, we can talk about that in a, in a minute, but no, you have you don't have a tight end on this team right now. I mean, you have Tunyon's un, unsigned coming in and as an ACL. Uh, I don't know what you do with him, to be honest with you. But even if you do bring him back, he's not going to play for half the year, at least, right? Lewis is a let's be honest. He's he's kind of a tackle that can that catches a couple passes. He's not he's not teams don't. I mean, and he, and he is getting older, and he did fumble in the NFC game in the playoff game. Um, Daphne, as I wrote, I think with a real special teams coach now, could become that special team star that every that that you need on your special teams. And we, we've talked about special teams a lot, and I always say like you need that guy that's going to be like the the leader. That could be Daphne, especially now that he has a real coach. Um, but he's not, again, that's what he is, and he's a you know he's a good backup tight end. But special teams, I think, is going to make his is where he's going to make his mark. Davis. Probably the same thing. He's a decent number three guy. They don't have a real tight end. The, and DeGuara, now third round pick, you would think he should, but he's not really a tight end. He's kind yeah. of a H back mm-hmm. yep. move guy, which is not, I'm not putting that down at all. It's, it's good to have a guy like that. But he's not like a, he's like the guy in, in San Francisco a little bit. Or they hope I was he, just thinking, they, they hope yeah. he could be that. But he's not Kittle, you know. The, the, the Niners have both of them, you know. So, no, I think this is the number number one need. And whether they address it in free agency or early 
in the draft, like early, not not no, not third, fourth round, like first, second round. I would they need a tight end, but in this offense, it's good to have it. You know, you kind of want a tight end that that's productive. You see, it, it works a lot better when you have one. So yeah, that's my number. My my level of concern, one two. Right. Gotcha. Well, I will tell you this, Mark. There's you can always tell what what the masses think by the crazy ideas that get floated out there. I don't I don't necessarily buy into it, but at first I saw somebody make a silly suggestion about the Packers trying to get Gronk to come down to Green Bay. And now I've I think I saw two or three more tweets about that this week. So I'm sure the Packers will address it. I don't know that I necessarily think they need to go round one. I don't know what kind of a class this is for tight ends. But it's it's definitely an area of need. Paul, it's kind of hard to argue with a lot of what Mark said as far as the current state of that position group. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Uh, the number I had written down was three because it's definitely up there. I, I wrote an article for Cheesehead TV last week about whether it's Tunyon or another free agent, a draft pick, whoever it is. They need that pass catching option uh, for all the reasons Mark mentioned. Josiah DeGuara, he can be a pass catcher. But ultimately, in a perfect world, what he's asked to do in LaFleur's offense and what a player like Tunyon's asked to do are two very, very different things. And Green Bay missed that element last season. Tunyon over the middle, down the seam, in the red zone. Uh, I actually wrote about this during the season. So the Green Bay Packers offense, they were at their best firing as close to they you know, could have on all cylinders from like weeks, what, 12, 13, 14, 15. And it's not a coincidence that during that span, that's when we saw DeGora and Lewis, their most productive in the passing game. That's an important element in this offense in terms of uh, that illusion of complexity that LaFleur describes, creating uh, space for others, drawing attention. They do a lot of work even if they're not getting the football. And so having that element for opposing defenses to worry about is going to be really, really crucial for Green Bay to find uh uh, this offseason and like mark said they don't have that guy on the roster at the moment yeah i guess this is a, a position group i was thinking four for myself and again i just i have to have a lot of faith in the packers to figure out the position group and figure out what it is that they're going to do but they're it's i'm going to be very closely watching what they do here because this is as you guys have mentioned this is not just tight end this is a body type that that special teams could really benefit from and this is where I could see the Packers, if they want to hang on to some of those late-round picks, you take a flyer on some of those guys and hope they can be good special teamers for you, and, and maybe it helps you in that area there. Although this is this is a, a part of the of the offense that you know I, I don't think I don't think we've mentioned it yet. I mean, the last time we had a stalwart tight end was ten years ago when Jermichael Finley before he went rogue and got crazy, and unfortunately got hurt in 2013. Paul. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, I know I've talked about this before about the transition from college to the NFL for tight ends, and there's definitely a transition period. Rookie tight ends are rarely productive, but I just want to throw out there and keep in mind I'm in the early stages of diving into some of these prospects. Oh, good. I want, I want to hear you say that. I, I lo- there's two that I really like. One is in your your neck of the woods, Mark. Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina, in yeah, terms of being him. a in terms of being a pass catching threat, he's just someone who kind of jumped out to me initially. And again, I'm in the I'm in the early stages here. No, he's he can he's a he's definitely a pass catching threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can't he can't block you, <laughs> <laughs> but he can he can he can catch. He can run and catch. I love the kid from Colorado, uh, Yo, State, McBride. Yeah. I like him a lot. Um, I think he's. I mean, I've I've started. I just started my work on draft stuff too, and. People I talk to, they think he could be a, a low. That he, he's he's first round worthy, mm-hmm. and I don't know. That would be really off the Packers' um, charts yeah, to would. take a tight end in the first round. But depending what else happens between now and the draft, that he's not going to be there when they pick in the second round. I don't think. So he's a you know. So I don't they want him. They're going to have to move around. Is what you're saying? They're going to have to maneuver. Right. We're just take him at twenty. I mean, he might not make it at twenty eight. I mean, Tennessee could take him right ahead of. Um, he's that good. I mean, from what I'm being told, he's he's a real deal. Now, the kid from Ohio State's pretty good too, Rucker. Mm-hmm. Um, pe- people are telling me they're they're comparing him to a young Jason Witten. Um, which there's nothing wrong with Jason Witten, right? No, not at all. <laughs> Again, not a down the seam kind of guy per, per se, but but will catch everything. Um, you know, but like I, I would like I would I would like likely like likely. <laughs> He's fun to watch. I mean, I, oh, absolutely. I, see, I, I saw Coastal a few times in, in, in person and then on, on TV a few other times. Um, you know, he, he makes the circus catch. He, he's got he, – he's exciting. He's very exciting. He, he can run. Um, like I said, he, but he's a glorified wide receiver. I mean, he, mm-hmm. they don't even – I mean, I guess you can learn. I mean, with a good tight ends coach, you could teach him to block a little better – Coastal didn't even, they didn't even ask him to fly. They, they, that, why would they, you know, they, they lined him up everywhere. He was like, he actually played a lot of slot for, mm-hmm. for Coastal um, because of his, you know, athletic prowess. You know, they just, they used him a lot of different ways and he came through for him in a, in a lot of different ways as well. Yeah, I looked up his numbers at Pro Football Focus and he was, like you said, just moved around pretty well. I think it was like 30, 35% in a slot, another yeah. s- 55, 60% in line, and then the rest on the boundary. So, yeah, I like that element as well. But, again, we all know how important blocking is to LaFleur even, right. in, you know, for everyone who's a part of that offense, you know, maybe minus Devontae Adams. Paul, did you have I'm, two? I'm, I, I was going to say, did you have two? You said likely, and then who was the second one? Or did you not have a second one? Oh, no, Mark had, Mark had two. And then, of course, got Stan Brand here, Jake Ferguson from Wisconsin. You want an all-around tight end? There's your, there's your dude. <laughs> yeah. Can he go down to scene? Yep, I think okay. so. All right. I mean, you saw him more than I did, so I don't. Can we just maybe? Know. Can we just clone Keith Jackson 
and <laughs> you know from from 25 yeah. years ago and and you know do that whole thing i mean that's the thing with 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 tight ends in college they're standing up they're not they don't have their hand on the ground so i think by the time they get to the nfl they don't have the size they've never they haven't been asked to block there's just there's so many like you said paul so many things that that they have to transition and do but again, I, I gave it a four. I think the Packers will hopefully figure it out. And if they've got the right guy throwing the football, I, I think they'll make enough plays. Now, whether they make enough plays in the playoffs is a different story. And that's where we transition nicely to the rest of the pass catchers and, when, and the last position group here, which is the wide receiver group. So I think we approach this conversation, obviously understanding what Mark said earlier, which is if Devontae Adams is not back for some reason, it drastically changes this whole Conversation, but Mark, we'll start with you on the wide receiver position and how big of a need it is. Because if you, depending on who you ask, you're going to get a, a, a very, a, a greatly different answer as far as the Packers with MVS, a free agent, Alan Lazard, a restricted free agent, and the rest of that receiver group. Yeah, well, let's again. This is where you you need that that crystal ball uh, <laughs> to see who's coming back and, and and who's not. Let's let's for our purposes, let's pretend Adams comes back. All right. Because I think if Rodgers, if we're pretending Rodgers comes back, I think we've said this before. Either they probably either both come back or or neither one comes mm-hmm. back, right? So um, let's pretend Adams is back. Well, if Adams is back and Rodgers is back, I don't think MVS can come back. I just mm-hmm. don't unless he's willing to take a you know a really low low ball deal because there's just not, not going to be enough money for everybody. So let's. So I would think he's gone. Lazard probably is back on a one-year um, restricted free agent tender. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have Amari Rogers and Cobb. Who knows? I we got rid of him a couple weeks ago, but who knows what they're going <laughs> to do with him? Um, so I'm I'm going to put this in terms of need. My my concern isn't very high. My concern is because you you have Devontae Adams. My concern can't be too high. But in terms of a need, they're going to need somebody else. I mean, mm-hmm. so. Um, I'm going to put I'm going to go right in the middle of, with a five because they're going to need to go get probably and probably in the draft probably again high in the draft um, another wide receiver because like I said I don't think MVS is back Lazard will be on a one year deal which means he may be not he may not be back in 2023 because he'll be unrestricted by then and who knows what kind of year he has what kind of money he'll you can't pay everybody all you know what I'm saying like. It's things run out, <laughs> so they're going to need to get another wide receiver in here. Um, and I'm not, I, and I'm, and, and in no way am I giving up on Amari Rogers after just a, you know, an, a nondescript rookie year because he was a rookie and he didn't get a lot of opportunity. Uh, but he's, but he's still, even if he does get better and, and becomes the player the Packers hoped he was going to be when they took him in the third round, he's a slot receiver. Mm-hmm. Packers need need another guy out outside. Um, to replace MVS and then Lazard or work with Lazard, whatever. So, in terms of need, yeah, they they need one. Whether Adam and if Adams isn't back, then obviously they they need a whole lot. Right, and I think one of the other linchpins of this whole thing, and I know that this has been a kind of a a name that's up and down, depending again on who you you talk to, but. Maybe that maybe we'll we'll see what the Packers really think about a guy like Equinemius St. Brown, who had some moments where he was okay. He's not a great wide receiver, but in this offense and with Aaron Rodgers, he seems to get more out of him than he might have anywhere else. I know there's some out there that think that there's a very strong possibility that he wants to go and maybe play with his brother in Detroit. I don't know if the Lions want to bring him in or not. That would obviously require the team to want him first before he decides where he's gonna go. But that's that's another part of this conversation. So Paul, wide receiver. 
and how you see this group assuming that 17 is back in the fold. So I got that as a four. Uh, so I've been operating under the assumption that out of Adams, Lazard, MVS, I think two of the three will return. And with Adams, that's one of the guys I think is returning. I think Lazard's the other. I think from a game-to-game uh, perspective, he's just a more consistent contributor, which with his entire game, also from a contract perspective, even if the Packers put like a second-round tender on him, that's going to be, chances are, you know, several million dollars less than what MVS could potentially make on the open market. So I think that those two are going to be back. And then after that is kind of where you run into the question marks. And I think it's important to mention with Amari Rodgers, Yes, he had issues as a punt returner, but we saw very, very, very little of him on offense. So try not to let those issues translate over to what your thoughts are of him on offense. Now, again, I don't know what he's going to turn into, but I think we just need to make sure we have an open mind on that as well um, because he was given very few opportunities on offense. Uh, One of the big, in terms of not just finding a new receiver, they're also going to need to make sure that it, that that receiver has that downfield big play ability because if MVS is gone, they're going to need to replace that. I wrote about this at she said TV a few weeks ago that similar to the Tunyon one, if Tunyon's not back, that's a specific, you know, you don't just need a receiver. You don't just need a tight end. You need that specific skill set in this offense because there's the obvious big play ability, especially with Rogers under center, you know, he wants to take those shots, but it's what it opens up for everyone else. The spacing, go back and watch the 49ers playoff game when MVS was out the spacing was very condensed. The 49ers weren't really scared of anyone beating them over the top. That makes moving the ball through the air more difficult when the field's condensed like that. It's also not a coincidence that Green Bay's big play rate from 2020 to 2021 uh, fell somewhat drastically because MVS did miss, I think, six or seven games last season. So, And also just that, that attention opens up things for other guys as well. So Green Bay will need to find a receiver. And if MVS is gone, they're going to need to find someone of that similar skill set, in my opinion. So, you know, so for me, it's a seven because I want it's the playoff performance. I'm not worried about the regular season. The Packers can get everything they need out of the regular season in the offense. It's it's when we turn to January and that's when you have a problem where Aaron Rodgers feels like and maybe he's going to do the same thing until Devontae Adams is he's done playing or Devontae Adams isn't on the, on the Packers anymore, which is look for Devontae Adams. But if you had another another number two, and obviously it's not fair to say if you've got like a, a very productive Emmanuel Sanders type opposite Devontae Adams, then I think you're cooking with some really serious gas there because you've got a, a legitimate another option that the quarterback should feel confident in looking to and that defenses have to honor and they can only allocate resources to so many places. Let's not forget how big of a, a factor in the passing game the running backs are. So I'll give it a seven. But again, it, and it's the other question is, is this the year the Packers finally take a receiver in the first round? Now, I don't know why they would when they look at all the draft success they've had picking receivers in the second round. I know that was Ted, and it's not necessarily Brian Gutekunst, but do they feel strongly that they have a, a wide receiver prospect? I know they wanted one a couple of years ago. They didn't get one, and then who did they end up drafting? They couldn't get Justin Jefferson and Brandon Ayuk, and I don't <laughs> remember. What did they end up doing, guys? They ended up picking some guy. Uh, I think they traded up for someone. Can't yeah, remember. some guy. I can't remember. Anyway, so <laughs> is this the year they do it? I Because you never know what Goody's going to do in the first round. So that's mm-hmm. that's, that's my true. take. My, that's my well, take. Well, depends on who's that. there. I mean, when you're picking 28, it's hard to say what you're going to do because right. you don't know what the 27 teams ahead of you are. I think there's – let me look at my list. I, I jotted it down. I think there's five – 
very good, very good wide receivers. I think there's, there's more than five good, good wide receivers, but five that I would like to see them get in the first round. Now, if one of those five are there, I think they could or should take them. But if those five are gone, I'm not going to reach for the sixth one because that means, listen, if the Packers have to hope these bad quarterbacks go. And, and, and they will because teams are make mistakes for quarterbacks every year. So, so some of these quarterbacks who have no right going in the first round are, are going to go. And that's going to drop some good players down to 28 for the Packers, whether it's a, a wide receiver or, or a defensive lineman or whatever. Um, they're going to, you know, if, the, the more quarterbacks that go, and then, like I said, if all five of those wide receivers that I like happen to go, it's going to drop. Another, it's going to drop another good player down to him. So, it's we don't know. It's hard to say what you're going to do at 28. Like people say, well, the Packers should do this. Well, not, they're not going to reach for, you know, a player that they don't have a first round grade on to take in the first round. Right. And important to keep in mind that in three of Goody's four drafts, he's moved up in the first round, and I believe yeah. they have they have two fourth rounders this year, right? right. So that's they, well, that's, they don't have them yet, but they everybody assumes right once the rounder for for Lindsley, yeah. Yep, yep. So that's that's typically been kind of the the bargaining chip, you know, the extra piece and and you know that trade up for Savage. I think they had to give two fourths. The trade up for Love was a fourth, and of course that first round pick. So it's he's he's definitely made the that first that first round in and in, in general, uh, you know, more more uh, I guess exciting or more unknown in it than when when Ted was at the helm. Oh, absolutely, Rashawn Gary. I mean, Jair Alexander, Darnell Savage. And right, first rounders, and, yeah, and then Love. you had Jordan Love, Rashawn Gary. No, no shortage of excitement at all. So, perfect transition. Speaking of excitement, the beautiful and wonderful musings that you guys do and put down on paper every week. So we've got to, we've got to find out what's going on over at Packer Report, Dairyland Express, and Cheesehead TV. So, Mark, what is happening over at Packer Report this week? Well, it's what we just talked about. I, I, there's a story up now on I rank the Packers' offensive needs. Um, I didn't give it grades. I didn't do a, a concern. It was more just what what is the biggest need, what is the least in a, um, of, of of their needs. And then uh, coming out later today will be the same story, but on the defensive side of the ball, listing them also from their biggest need down to what I think isn't that much of a need at all. Hmm, reading maybe reading the tea leaves to what next Thursday's <laughs> Pack a Day podcast will be about, unless the Packers decide to drop some news, which would be fantastic for us. So if you're going to do that, Packers, please wait until Wednesday night slash. Well, send I, out your I, emails, Mark. I have a thing out the uh, number twelve asking him if and when he decides, and please do it on a on a Wednesday, <laughs> Wednesday evening. evening. Yeah, Wednesday <laughs> evening for sure. Not too late, like so we know, you know, so we can plan for it. But right, even like late late Wednesday afternoon, even that would work. That would absolutely work. Paul Dairyland Express Cheesehead TV. What's happening? Uh, my recent uh, Cheesehead TV article is discussing Al Lazard. Um, he's a restricted free agent, and to me, that should be one of the easiest decisions the Packers make this offseason for what he adds to this offense for th- roughly $3.9-ish million. It's a no-brainer. Bring him back. And then at Dairyland Express, uh, like the cut him or keep him series, I'm going through the unrestricted free agents, re-sign, let him go, or prediction. Actually, just cover. Robert Tunyon since we talked about tight ends today. Always love those. Get over and check that out because Tunyon's an interesting conversation. And I'll have a Quick Slants podcast out on Monday with anything that happens at the end of this week and over the weekend. So we'll be back next Thursday. Thanks, everybody, for riding along with us. If anybody's got any weather reports, send them to us. Make sure they're here by midday on Wednesday so we can include those 
in next Thursday's Pack a Day podcast show. So thanks, everybody. As always, as winter starts to hopefully start to wind down, I'll say continue to keep warm. Stay safe, everybody. And as always, go Pack Go. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.